did indeed. Having got wind of my father's activities, they had themselves driven into the East End. Aunt Bed, then a vigorous young woman, beat on my locked door with her umbrella, and when admitted, gave vent to some very intemperate comments, strongly but less violently seconded by her husband. They left in a rage and returned that evening with an offer. To take over your education? And me, in toto. At first my father said he'd see them damned first, but in his heart he liked them very much. Since our lodging was to be demolished as an insanitary dwelling, and new premises were difficult to find, he yielded eventually, influenced, I dare say, by threats of legal action and child welfare officers. Whatever the cause, I went in the upshot to live with Uncle Flea and Aunt Bed. Did you like it there? Yes, I didn't lose touch with my father. He patched up his row with the foresters, and we exchanged frequent visits. By the time I was thirteen, he was extremely affluent, and able to pay for my education at his own old school, at which, fortunately, he had put me down at birth. This relieved us to some extent from the burden of an overpowering obligation, but I retained the liveliest sense of gratitude to flee in bed. I look forward to meeting them. They are held to be eccentric. I can't see it myself, but you shall judge. In what way? Well, trifling departures from normal practice, perhaps. They never travel without green-lined tropical umbrellas of a great age. These they open when they awake in the morning, as they prefer their vernal shade to the direct light. And then they bring a great many of their valuables with them, all Aunt Bed's jewels and Uncle Flea's stocks and shares and one or two very nice objets d'art, of which I wouldn't at all mind having the disposal. They also bring a considerable amount of hard cash in Uncle Flea's old uniform case. He's on the reserve list. That is perhaps a little eccentric. You think so? Oh, you may be right. To resume, my education, from being conventional in form, was later expanded at my father's instance to include an immensely thorough training in the more scholarly aspects of the trade to which I succeeded. When he died, I was already accepted as a leading European authority on the great period of Chinese ceramics. Uncle Bert and I became very rich. Everything I've touched turned, as they say, to gold. In short, I was a have and not a have-not. To cap it all, really it was almost comical, I became a wildly successful gambler and won two quite princely, non-taxable fortunes on the pools. Uncle Bert inspired me in this instance. Lovely for you. Well, I like it. My wealth has enabled me to indulge my own eccentricities, which you may think as extreme as those of Uncle Flea and Aunt Bed. For instance, for instance, this house and its staff, <laughs> particularly you may think its staff. Halberds belong from Tudor times up to the first decade of the 19th century to my paternal forebears, the Bill Tasmans, they were actually the leading family in these parts. The motto is simply Unicus, which is as much as to say peerless. My ancestors interpreted it literally by refusing peerages and behaving as if they were royalty. <laughs> you may think me arrogant, said Hilary, but I assure you that compared to my forebears, I am a violet by a mossy stone. Why did the family leave, Halberts? My dear, because they were ruined. They put everything they had into the West Indies and were ruined, well, very properly, I dare say, by the emancipation of slaves. The house was sold off, but owing to its situation, nobody really fancied it, 
and as the historic trust was then in the womb of time, it suffered the ravages of desertion and fell into a sort of premature ruin. You bought it back two years ago, and restored it, and am in process of restoring it, yes, at enormous cost, indeed, but I hope you agree with judgment and style. Certainly. I have, said Troy Allain, finished for the time being. Hilary got up and strolled round the easel to look at his portrait. It is, of course, extremely exciting. I'm glad you are still to some extent what I think is called a figurative painter. I wouldn't care to be reduced to a schizoid arrangement of geometrical propositions, however satisfying to the abstracted eye. No, no. The Royal Antiquarian Guild, the RAG as it is called, will no doubt think the portrait.